Good morning. Our speaker today has a long list of accomplishments that are connected to her life. She's an IWU grad. Uh, she's a mom, which she's pretty pleased about, I think. And um, she has had the privilege of being used by the Lord in media, presentation, television, radio, and is a practicing therapist who loves to help people find practical tools to use in their life. Would you welcome today Paige Klingenpeel, our speaker, and let God speak to you. I will call you up, okay? Okay. Good morning, Indiana Wesleyan. You guys are energized this morning. I like that. Well, thanks for having me here. I must admit that I'm coming off of uh, the bubonic plague, right? Shouldn't joke about such things because that's real now. Did you know that? No, see, I have four kids and I have taught them well. I've taught them to share. If you know anything about sharing, when they share viruses, it's never a good thing. Can I get an amen? Yes, amen. But I brought one of my little ones here with me today because she had, uh, they have this rule where if you have a fever within 24 hours, you can't come back to school. Don't you wish they had that for work too? I wish, yeah, 24 hours, I can't come back to school. So she is with me today. I'm so excited to be here. I graduated from Indiana Westland. I got my master's degree from Indiana Westland. So it is an honor. I, I never, ever anticipated being a chapel speaker. So this is a blessing. But as you know, the old adage is, it didn't really happen unless you take a selfie. Right? Amen. Hallelujah. All right, so I'm going to call my beautiful assistant up here. Her name is Haley. And she's pretty awesome. Come on up here, sister. And we're going to take a selfie. Oh, they said, oh. I know, isn't that sweet? All right, so... This is the first thing. Give her a round of applause. It took a lot of work for her to come up here. How embarrassing is that, right? I think it's one of our jobs as parents to embarrass our kids, but how, how much more can I embarrass my child than bringing her up here in front of all of you guys? So praise her for that. All right, so I am selfie stick illiterate, so I don't know what I'm doing at all, but I need you, and I didn't practice my smile. Do you ever practice your smiles for selfies? Raise your hand if you do, as if that's not embarrassing either. I got a few people that raised their hand. Yeah, I didn't practice it. See, yesterday I was sick. I planned all day to practice, and I didn't. So it's going to look a little goofy, all right? So everybody, at least in the row that I can see you, my daughter's at least waving. All right, everybody cheese. Did it take it? I don't think it took it. I keep pressing the button, and it's not doing it. All right, so here's, I'm going to have someone else named Josh come up here because he's awesome at taking selfies too. Yeah, let's give Josh a round of applause. Does it still count as a selfie if someone else takes it? Okay, well, we'll count it as a selfie. All right, so I want you, do you know how to do it? Yeah. I don't know, you pressed a button I've never seen before. All right. So everybody, why don't you stand up? It's so much more fun when everybody stands up. Just stand up. All right. Everybody ready? That side over there is super stoked. I see them. They're very excited to be here. Okay. You count us down. One, two, three. 
You got it? All right. These people over here are missing out, though. So let's, let's take a picture with them, too. I'm on the piano as if I know how to do it. That guy over there, he's still standing. He's real excited, too. All right. We got it? All right. Thank you, everybody. Have a good night. No, just kidding. Thank you. Did we miss you? Oh, okay. Well, I'll just take a picture of you then. And I'll put my fingers in front of it. How about that? Peace sign. There you go. Good job, everybody. All right, go to my Facebook page, because that's where everybody hangs out. Page Kling and Peel. It's the coolest last name ever. It's like 26 letters long. Um, and tag yourself, so then I can look like I have tons of friends, because really that's what Facebook's about. All right, got a good applause for that one. Okay, so again, it is amazing to be here today, and I'm, I'm very excited because what better, and I was telling, Jennifer, this morning, what better place to be than completely at the will of God because my brain is foggy, my body just feels broken. So whatever comes out is, well, hopefully it's going to be God. If it totally does not sound good today, then blame me. Don't blame Jesus because that's all me. So 15 years ago, I was here where you were sitting, and it's been a pretty amazing journey. Like I said, I never imagined that I would be here and as the title of today's message is, Directionally Challenged, I am absolutely directionally challenged. Can anyone else relate to that? Yes. There are just some times in our lives when we're just like, what does God want us to do? Where does he want us to go? And I'm the type, I live my life like exclamation point. I love to jump out of the boat. I use that analogy a lot. Jumping out of the boat because, you know, that's what God's called us to do, right? So we're always jumping out of the boat. The problem is for me. I am being more obedient if I stay in the boat until I'm called. And when I do that, God blesses it. And that's where I've arrived today. This is, what, this is what's bad about keeping your phone up here is your babysitter's calling you during the middle of a message. <laughs> that's never a good thing when you have six kids at home. Okay. I believe that there are themes to our lives. That if you think back... Think back to when you were in elementary school. Think back middle school, high school, opportunities, circumstances, people that have come into your life. I believe that God has allowed all of those things as a theme to your life to bring you to where you are today. I believe that we have all been designed on purpose. I think each and every one of us has giftings that we may not even be aware of. And here's the funny thing. Each of us has weaknesses, but God uses them. He uses them in a way that you can never imagine. For me, for instance, my parents were told in third grade that I would probably never graduate high school. Can you believe that? I was never going to graduate high school because I have a learning disability. And because I cannot read effectively or I, I like to call it I make up words all the time, which you'll probably hear a few today. I just make them up. And if I say them with confidence, then you don't have a clue. It makes it sound like I'm really smart. But see, that is exactly what I'm talking about. Just like God used Moses, he uses all of us in our weakness, and that way God gets the glory for that. So today I want to talk from Proverbs chapter 19, verses 20 through 21. So if you have your e-versions, you have your Bibles, if you have it memorized, which most of you do because you're here at Indian Westland, please turn with me. It's the NIV, which is really the only version, right? No, oh, mm, no? I don't know what they're teaching you now, but that's not what they taught me then. Okay, Proverbs 19, verses 20 through 21. 
listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you'll be counted among the wise. Many, this is the part I love, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. See, there's a lot of good stuff in this verse. So I'm going to break it down piece by piece. And it starts out with, listen to advice. Now, listening to advice, I mean, everybody has advice. Everybody hears advice. Everybody's willing to give it. But I think this is one of the hardest aspects of this verse because it's not just listening. It's accepting the words that are truth. I think that's harder for us. Harder to understand what is real and what's not real, what's truth and untruth. So in order to make my point, I'm going to tell you a really embarrassing story that happened here at Annie Westland. Because why would I not, being in a room of several hundred strangers, share an embarrassing story about myself, right? Let me just take an opportunity. Who does that? I know, again, I'm sick, though. Keep in mind, I had the flu yesterday. Okay, so, and I'm sure this doesn't happen today, but I became a Christian when I was 17. A year later, I came here to Indian West, and I was surrounded by believers. It was the most amazing thing I've ever experienced. Everyone here loved Jesus. It was awesome. And so, I was taking this class, and I met this boy, and the boy took me to coffee, which you know means that we're going to get married. Because is that still how it goes here? Yeah. Oh, my golly. I can't believe it still happens. All right. So we sit down, and he, he's talking to me, whatever. And then all of a sudden he goes, God told me that we are supposed to date. Right? You know you're with me on this. Okay, so keep in mind, I'm a baby. I'm a baby Christian here. I just met Jesus a year before. I, <laughs> I, I wasn't discipled. Discernment was not a word that I understood well. This kid had been a Christian since he was two. Of course he speaks to God. How does he not? Okay, you, God's telling you that? All right, let's do this. Okay, so you know where this story's going, right? So three months later... This, this guy who's known Jesus since too, and God obviously speaks to you frequently, said, God no longer wants us to date. Yeah, yeah. Don't feel bad for me, though. No, it's okay. You can laugh. He says, now, he wants us to focus on him. God wants us to not date anymore because we're spending too much time with each other. He wants us to focus on him. Anybody else relate to this? Yes. Okay, I am a therapist, so people that have gone through this come to me later and we will talk it out. We will join hands and we will pray for one another and for the people that believe they hear from God in those ways. All right. Ooh. Anyways, this is all hilarious now, right? We can laugh. We can joke. But I think it, it, it brings up the point of how easily deceived we can be. It happens frequently, but I think particularly with us Christians, with other Christians, See, we put power behind other people's words. We allow people's words to define us, to limit us, to reduce us. But words also have the power to build up life. I love the analogy in the Bible where it talks about gives life to dry bones. It gives us courage and fear. And the right words from the right spirit has the, the ability to drive darkness and bring into the light. That's power in words. But as I mentioned earlier, the only way we can know the difference between the darkness and the untruth and the light and the truth when it comes to words is discernment. That's a big word, discernment. 
See, if you're like me, at least back then, I thought discernment should just come naturally. And I thought that if someone invoked the name of God, invoked the name of Jesus, then surely it was truth. But that's not always the case. I think Henry Nouwen sums it up best. And you need to check out his stuff because he's a brilliant, brilliant man. It says, to want to know God's plan and purpose without regular prayer and engagement with scripture and God's people is like trying to bake a cake without assembling the various ingredients. Discernment grows out of a life of faith rooted in community. See, I think we understand that we need prayer and we need to read scripture in order to gain discernment. That's kind of intuitive, right? But it, tragically, what we miss, and as Henry pointed out here, in our faith development is the power and the importance of community. This, this is a community. Your home church, your family, your friends. You can be very intentional about choosing your community. And I'm telling you, standing here before you, I am a huge proponent of community. In the last couple of months, I've gone through a lot of just uh, crisis with my family. My two-year-old, he was uh, diagnosed as epileptic. And there was a while there where we didn't think he was actually going to survive. And I had, I had my community surround me with love. And there is power in that. See, in a healthy, Christ-centered community, we can see what Jesus intended the church to be like. It's intended to be unity, grace, love, and strength. In a healthy community comes accountability, teaching, and discipline. And see, that leads us to the next part of the scripture verse in 19 verses 20 through 21. Depending on where you are at or how you were raised, discipline can be kind of a negative thing. You hear discipline and you think, okay, punishment. And it can be kind of scary. So to have it in scripture and to be saying accept discipline can be kind of overwhelming. But hear me when I say this. If discipline is done correctly, it is done in love. If discipline is done correctly, it is done in love. See, when you were growing up and your parents had all these rules, you probably look back on some of them and are like, that's crazy. I just saw my daughter's eyes. She's like, oh, yeah, I know what those rules are. Some of them are crazy. I love the one where they have to go to bed by like 6 o'clock so then daddy and I can eat Oreos and watch TV. That's the best rule ever. Um, now I gave my secret away. Darn it. Okay, so when your parents had these rules, some of them didn't make sense, certainly, but most of them were designed to keep you safe and to keep you healthy. And when we choose to live in a community, we are inviting people to invest in us. We are inviting people to live life with us. And that means they'll want to keep us safe and they'll want to keep us healthy. See, some of my biggest lessons in my life have come through discipline, through people who have loved me enough to say, you're walking down a road that is dangerous and is not healthy, and I need you to be cautious. Or they see me making those poor choices, and they love me enough. Now hear this, this is complicated. They love me enough to let me experience the natural consequences of my poor choices. Because I'm the type where I got to go through it. I can't be told. 
I have to experience that for myself, even if it causes pain. But those people love me enough to live that life with me, to walk through it with me, but to let me experience those negative consequences. That's discipline. That's love. The world has turned discipline into a threat. Instead, we should be thankful for the people that love us and invest enough enough, invest in us enough to provide us wisdom. And the last part, and this is, this is the part of the verse that I totally get, because like I said, I'm directionally challenged. It's one of those things where I'm going to try to make these plans for my life. Surely I know what's best for me, so I'm going to plan it. But then God comes through and says, no, I have something better. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. See, I graduated from here in 03 with an intercultural studies major and a Christian ministry minor. However, I switched my major three times. Anybody else got me beat there? Five! Woo! Yes! What about four? Anybody got four major changes? Three? I can't see. They're so bright. And you guys aren't proud, so you're not raising your hands high. <laughs> we got threes. We got threes. Twos. Yep. Who came here knowing what they wanted to do and has kept it? <sighs> like, I don't even know what to say to that. That's pretty amazing. Well, then again, you guys, you've had discernment forever, haven't you? So you know. You know how to speak to God. It was just me that didn't, I guess. Golly, okay, a little embarrassed now. Here's what's funny, though. So I changed my major three times. But it wasn't until second semester of my senior year, no joke, that I decided I wanted to go into counseling. So with the remaining electives that I had, I was able to take all the prerequisite courses necessary to get into a master's program. And here's another funny side note. I had a double major. It was intercultural studies major and a Christian ministries major. But if you know anything about Christian ministries, they, they require you to speak in front of people, and they, take, they have you take this class called homiletics. Everybody familiar with homiletics? It's, like a, it's basically a speech class for pastors where they teach you to give messages in front of people. I was terrified to speak in front of people. Terrified. Anyone else see the irony in this? Yeah. See, I was so, anybody have tics when they get nervous? Like do their hands shake or do their bodies convulse, your face get red? Mine was, I twitched. My face twitched. Like how horrible is that? I'm already being looked upon to give this message. So they're staring at me. They're not looking at anybody else. They're staring at me. And my face is twitching because I'm so nervous. I was like, heck no. Mm -mm. I am not going to take this class. So that's how it became a minor. <sighs> that's so sad. <laughs> oh, the silliness of God. Yes. Because you see what I do now. Again, just like Moses, God says, you know what? I'm going to take your weakness. I don't want to speak through you. I'm going to give you the words. So he's cool, pretty cool like that. See, God knew where I was going to be today. God knew who I was going to encounter and what I needed to know and to be trained in in order to make those impacts. So I was able to study the Bible for four years under great teachers, many of whom are still here. I was able then to go on and get my master's degree. 
in community counseling and addictions counseling through Indiana Westland, might I add. I got a job helping people find hope. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in your life where you haven't had hope or if you've been in that crisis and a season in your life. To not have hope, there's nothing like it. So to help people wake up in the morning and say, you know what, there is a purpose. There is a reason why I'm here and God has designed me to be here in this moment. That's powerful. And I thank him every day that I'm able to do what I can do. But see, now I get to combine my theological knowledge with my psychological training. And I get to do this. This. I get to talk to people. Again, I was terrified. I still am. I mean, I make it sound like I'm so cool now. No, I'm not. I'm still terrified. <laughs> it's so hard. But God uses this. So I'm able to work with teens, young adults, and their families. I get to be on TV. I get to be on radio. I get to be on the internet and web-based. I get to write books. Remember when I told you that they told me I was never going to graduate high school? And now I'm writing books? It's crazy. It's crazy what God can do through you. So as I close today, I want to remind you, I need you to know this and hear this. When we give God control of our lives, and we trust not only his timing, which is always perfect, but we trust in the gifts and the passions he has given us, great things can happen. Great things. I want to remind you to listen to advice with discernment. Okay, that's a big, big thing there. Listen to advice with discernment. To accept discipline because the people that are giving it, if they've invested in your life, it's because they want to help you. They want to lead you. Seek those people out. I have two mentors in my life that have been amazing for me, who've walked down the path that I've walked down who have given me encouragement, but has also given me direction. Seek those people out. And dream big, but be open, because God has a plan for you. You might be directionally challenged right now, but I guarantee you that God has planned out absolutely every single step that you are taking. And he is going to bless you and give you a job that you never knew existed. It's going to allow you to do things <laughs> that you never knew was possible. And then it's going to be you up here. And you're going to be telling embarrassing stories from your Indiana Wesleyan days. <laughs> Keep that in mind. You are his beloved. You are his chosen one. And there are great things in store for you. I'm going to pray for us now. Heavenly Father, I just first thank you so very much that you've allowed a college like this. Where we can just study. Where we can love you where we can build community, where we can see your face. Lord, I pray that you just send people into every single individual's lives here today that build them up, that encourage them, that teach them discernment, that give them direction that is from you. I pray for the hopeless. I pray for the broken. Because God, even though there are people here that have smiles on their face, their hearts are hurting. And I pray, God, that you meet them where they're at. I pray that you give them courage to come and speak to someone. There is counseling here. There is counseling online. And there is ultimately you, Lord. 
be with every single person in here today. We love you so much. And his people said, amen. Thank you. I've walked this journey a long time in my life, and you know one of the things I found? I need advice most in places I don't think I need advice. So one of those things, if you're thinking oh, that somebody's stupid because they're telling you something, that might be a good place to lean in and say, huh? What do you think? Because God guides us through our friends. Thanks so much for coming today. As you go, live the life step by step.